Listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke, your daily Broncos podcast. Broncos fans send in their selections for Mock Draft Monday using Pro Football Network's Mock Draft Simulator and the Draft Network Mock Draft Simulator as well. Plus, we hear from Rap Sheet. Yes, Ian Rappaport joins me on today's episode of the show to discuss Broncos, to discuss quarterback Von Miller, George Payton, Drew Locke, and more. Welcome back into a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, folks. Your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Locked On NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Senior NFL Analyst at ProFootballNetwork.com and also Broncos Insider for the Locked On NFL Network. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. And if you're a brand new listener of the show here today, I just want to say welcome in to the show. What we have to offer you is daily exclusive Devil Broncos news, content, and coverage every single day all year long. So make sure you guys hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and our good friends over there at Spotify. But to start off today's episode of the show, folks, hope you guys had an awesome weekend. Valentine's Day was yesterday. Hopefully you and your loved ones celebrated the right way. A nice dinner, a box of chocolates, a card, flowers. Make sure, gentlemen, that you took care of that special woman in your life. Love seeing the Broncos social media posts on Valentine's Day as well. Some of the funny catchphrases that they coined for several players all together. But with that said, folks, the day after Valentine's Day is usually the best because guess what? You can get discounted candy and chocolate at a cheaper price. So go to your local grocery store, King Supers, whatever. Go get yourself some chocolate to get you through the next couple of months here, folks. But with that said, let's get into our conversation on today's episode, Locked on Broncos Mock Draft Monday here. We asked Broncos country using one of the mock draft simulators, conduct a three-round mock draft for the Broncos and reply to the thread that I put out there on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL with their choices and their reasoning. And I'm going to select the best two mock drafts that I felt like definitely I should talk about on today's episode of the show. Then, a little bit later, we're going to hear from Ian Rappaport, folks. So first off, I want to start off with my man, Stephen Chris. He sent me his mock draft that he had conducted using Pro Football Network's mock draft simulator. He sent me his results. And the Broncos, they actually traded some picks. to Obviously, they traded back to get more capital altogether. And so the Broncos were actually on the clock at pick number 25 and Steven, he had his selection as Zaven Collins, linebacker out of Tulsa. And he's one of those players that is deemed as potentially one of those wild card cover inside linebackers that would be a diamond in the rough in Vic Fangio's defense. At number 33, he selected Jalen Phillips, edge rusher from Miami. The U, and obviously the Broncos, they may need some more depth at the edge rusher position considering what happens with Von Miller's contract. Obviously, the window for Von Miller's club option has been uh, presented by the Broncos. It is now active. Now, Denver has to choose what they're going to do. So between now and I believe March 17th, Denver's going to have to figure out what their plan is for Von Miller. But you're going to hear a little bit of insight from Ian Rappaport a little bit later as to what the Broncos are thinking and what Von Miller is thinking as well. So stay tuned for that. At pick number 43, Stephen has the Broncos selecting cornerback Asante Samuel Jr. out of Florida State. And obviously, if he could follow in the footsteps of his father, he'd be a pretty damn good cornerback in the National Football League. I like that there. But then he had a pick at 71, Eric Stokes, a Another cornerback, obviously out of Georgia, has some tools, has some skills, but uh, there's a lot of question marks surrounding him and maybe his fit in Vic Fangio's defense. Plus, the Broncos, they acquired a 2022 second-round selection from Jacksonville, and they acquired a 2022 third-round pick from Cincinnati. So Stevens' overall analysis, he says, while Sertain and Farley were both on the board 
each carry a certain amount of risk and may be a reach at nine. A trade back netted the 33rd pick as well as the future second round pick. And Zayvon Collins is one of my favorite backers in this draft. Vic Fangio would love to work with a backer like him. And for the second pick, the Broncos look to upgrade their pass rush. And with Miller on the wrong side of 30 and Chubb needing some help, the Broncos need to be able to get home with four to five man rushes more consistently and having better depth will keep these guys fresh for 60 minutes. And he says, at pick number 40, the Bengals called and they offered a future third for three spots. Making that deal was a no-brainer and allowed me to select Asante Samuel Jr. This team badly needs help at cornerback and Samuel would be good value in the 40s. In the third, I doubled down on corner with Stokes. And, you know, Stephen, I like your analysis here, my friend. And take a look at your selections too. The thing that stands out to me, Right, I, I like the Zavid Collins pick because I do think that he's one of the underrated linebackers in this year's draft. A lot of people are talking about Micah Parsons, myself included. Parsons is very high on my board, but Zavid Collins could be one of those late-round picks in the first round that could end up being a steal with his abilities, especially the ability to cover, the ability to play the run. He's just versatile in a sense where you imagine if he can develop you know, the tight ends in this division like Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey and even Hunter Henry, maybe the Broncos might have that wild card factor that we saw the Tampa Bay Buccaneers replicate. But obviously, hindsight's always 20-20. These are just projections, so we'll see how it really plays out altogether. The Jalen Phillips pickup, not a, not a bad selection, honestly, I think at 33rd overall. I'm not opposed to that. Asante Samuel Jr., I think, is a great pick at 43. I, I do, however, I would not have double-dipped on cornerback with Eric Stokes. I felt like I, I probably could have went with a safety. I, I believe the Broncos really need some safety help here altogether. And in free agency, we're going to figure out where Dever may go. So once free agency happens, the Broncos make a couple moves. Some of these mock drafts are actually going to be a little bit more realistic, I think, as to what can happen because then you factor in what needs have the team addressed in free agency and what can they build on in the draft. But this is a pretty good mock draft here altogether, Stephen. Thank you for using the Pro Football Network Mock Draft Simulator. You guys can use that at ProFootballNetwork.com. Also, the DraftNetwork.com has a mock draft simulator that you can use as well. We encourage you guys to use both of these mock draft simulators when doing Mock Draft Monday every single week. But Broncos Country, coming up here in just a moment, we're going to select another mock draft from another listener of the show that sent me their reply on Twitter at CodyWorkNFL. But before we get to that, folks, i got to tell you guys about the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. That's our good friends over there, BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Now, football season might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL, they are in full swing. And BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. If your wife likes to watch The Bachelor, I'm sure they have some odds that you can play there over at BetOnline.ag. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. Who's going to get the rose and whatnot? BetOnline has you covered for all the news, the scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website and use your mobile device today to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit today by using promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline your online sportsbook experts. And as we continue to dive in on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, folks, just a reminder, I want you guys to head over to the YouTube channel, Cody Work NFL, hit that subscribe button because starting next week, we are getting back into our Denver Broncos film review. We're going to take a look at Broncos players. We're going to start things off with Malik Reed, Draymond Jones. We're going to look at the Broncos defensive line, individual players looking back at their season, some of the things they did really well, what they could build on going into 2021, so on and so forth. And then once the draft season starts coming around a little bit, we're actually going to take a look at several prospects I think would be intriguing 
fits in Denver, specifically the film review returns beginning next week on the YouTube channel. Plus, uh, all throughout the season, you're going to get a complete game review on the offensive side of the ball, defensive side of the ball, and much more. And some very exciting things coming down the pike here for Lockdown Broncos in the near future. But starting things off here, folks, with our second mock draft on today's episode, Mock Draft Monday. Just a reminder, folks, every single Monday, well, so on Sunday, we're going to put the tweet out to send me your mock drafts. And it's either going to be, I'm going to tell you to send me a three-round mock or a two-round mock, a one-round mock. Uh, We're going to change it up, though, from week to week. I'm going to select the two best mocks that you, the listeners of the show, sent to me. I'm going to focus on it exclusively on Mock Draft Monday. So if you don't get it this week, you know, you could be in in line next week uh, to have your mock draft broken down using Pro Football Network's Mock Draft Simulator and the Draft Network's Mock Draft Simulator as well. But the one I'm going to go with now that stood out to me, I'm going to go with Zach Gottlieb. He says, time to get younger and fill in the defense. His first selection uh, for the Denver Broncos at pick number nine in the 2021 NFL Draft is Patrick Sertain, cornerback out of Alabama. I like that pick there. And the reason I say that, because I think regardless of the people who are saying that Sertain is not going to be a scheme fit for Vic Fangio, a lot of people also felt the same way about Michael Ojemudi in the third round. But here's the deal. Patrick Sertain does have legitimate traits to develop into a true man-to-man cover corner. He's got all-American type traits, skills, speed, strength, eyes, discipline. There's certain things he still has to work on, but that, that's going to be natural. He's going to come in as a rookie if, in fact, that he is drafted. And yes, he's going to be tested a little bit, trial by fire. Now, I think the expectation now for cornerbacks in the NFL is always extremely high. I mean, let's talk about Jeffrey Akuda last year, who's the top cornerback in the draft, in my opinion. I wanted him in Denver so bad, but Denver was never going to be in a position Positions to draft a player like him. He struggled a little bit his rookie season in Detroit. He was tested a lot because guess what? Rookies, they are going to be tested. We saw it with Michael Ojemudia. I mean, early on in the season for the first five weeks, Michael Ojemudia was tested and tested and tested, and he responded really well, actually. He didn't really have too many bad performances, but then he started missing tackles. I believe this started against the Los Angeles Chargers in that first matchup where the Broncos came back and won 31-30. He struggled with tackling. He struggled with reacting quickly to some of the passes that were you know, thrown underneath or short. A lot of the time, Vic Fangio's defense is going to ask their cornerbacks out of a too-high safety look. They can play cover two man. They're going to play cover three. They're going to play cover six. They're going to play cover four. They're going to variate their coverages. And there was a lot of times where Michael Ojemudi was playing in under, underneath kind of cloud coverage. He was playing cover two with some safety help over the top. A lot of times to his side, but the thing that we saw Michael Ojemudia progress with is as a rookie, you know, you're going to have that moment. You got benched and you had somebody else step in there and it fueled you, it motivated you. That was just a, that was one of those Phil Jackson type moves that Vic Fangio and Ed Donatel utilized with Michael Ojemudia. And then we saw him grow tremendously down the stretch of the season. Now, I think that one of the things for Michael, he had a knee injury. He's obviously going to have a he cleaned up in a scope surgery this offseason. I feel like some of his long speed was impacted by that knee injury that he sustained at some point of the season. That was something that stood out to me. But the fact that he comes up and hits people, forces fumbles, that to me is something that's very exciting. I like Parnell Motley. I'd love to see Parnell Motley stay on the roster and be an underwing to whoever comes in at cornerback, whether it's free agency or whether it's the NFL draft. I do believe he has some traits and some tools maybe be a guy that Denver could stash away on the roster and develop. He's a high-effort play. I mean, his effort in that Week 17 matchup against the Las Vegas Raiders was something that, in my opinion, if I was in charge of making roster decisions, I'd say, look, I want Parnell Motley back in 2021. We're going to work with him in training camp. We're going to develop him, and we're going to put him under a veteran cornerback if we get that guy in free agency, which Denver more than likely is probably going to do. 
I would want him to learn exclusively. Work with Ed Donatel. Work with, obviously, the new DB coach, Christian Parker and Vic Fangio. Learn a little bit more. He has the traits to do it. And adding a player like Patrick Sertain, I think, would also elevate the Broncos. Now, I also do believe that having veteran guys like Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons on the back end of the secondary at the safety position, I think it's great for those guys. I think if Bryce Callahan's healthy in the nickel, you're going to live with some of the stakes that maybe Patrick Sertain and Michael Ejimudia may make on the outside in 2021. But really, Vic Fangio's scheme is designated designated to not really put these cornerbacks a lot of the time in some of these uncomfortable positions. Now, there's times they're going to have to win their one-on-ones. There'll be man-to-man coverage on, on certain things, depending on if Vic Fangio's sending a double safety blitz or depending on his blitz scheme, if he's sending the nickel and they're going straight up cover zero by dropping the safeties down to cover number two or number three, you have to be able to win those one-on-ones. And I think that Patrick Sertain with his skills, he absolutely can. And, and a lot of people are saying, well, he struggled against some of the speed that Chris Olave had uh, from Ohio State in the national championship game. Olave's going to be great. He's going to be, I think next year, he's going to be wide receiver one in the NFL draft. I really do believe that. He's a talented player. He's got speed. He's got the ability to run routes very effectively. I I think that he's going to be in a good position altogether, but I I do think that Patrick Sertain would be a phenomenal pick here for Denver. And his reasoning for the Sertain pick says, Sertain shows to be a true lockdown corner that could fill the cornerback one role in a year or two. So Zach's reasoning for this pick is that, you know, he may not come in and be cornerback one right away, but he's going to come in, he's going to develop, and he's going to learn, and he could potentially be that true cornerback one in a year or two, depending on how fast of an acceleration that his development takes for the Broncos. And they're going to have a schedule that's going to test them as well in 2021. Obviously, we're waiting for the NFL to release the official schedule. They have to decide, the NFL, the NFL PA, as to whether or not the owners are going to exercise actually adding a 17th game to the regular season, which right now there is a strong consideration, strong possibility that is going to be the case going for 2021 here. Now, his second pick, at pick number 40, the Denver Broncos select Hamsa Nasiruddin out of Florida State. And this guy is a thumper. He can cover tight ends. He can cover running backs. He's one of those players that stood out at the Senior Bowl. And, of course, sometimes in one-on-one situations, when you do those drills, you're going to get you're going to lose some reps sometimes. But the one thing that stands out to me about Hamza is he's not afraid to lower his shoulder. He's not afraid to hit. And what do the Broncos need? They need a guy behind Kareem Jackson who has a similar style. I mean, Kareem Jackson primarily was a cornerback in the first stint of his career, but he transitioned to safety. He's got those cover corner skills still, but he's an elite run defender for the Broncos. And he's been proving that the last two seasons. Denver behind Kareem Jackson. I've always I've always been skeptical. I've always been anxious if Kareem Jackson were to get injured at any point in the regular season. I thought this last year, who is going to step up and replace him? Like who's going to replace the production and the fit in the Vic Fangio defense that Kareem Jackson has? Because arguably he and Justin Simmons were the two MVPs of the Broncos defense in 2020. Now, I think with a guy like Nasir Dean out of Florida State, I think he can learn behind Kareem Jackson. And look, if Kareem Jackson, uh, you know, renegotiates his contract, he gets an extension and spreads that money out for two more seasons. I believe the Denver Broncos can squeeze two to three more years out of a guy like Kareem Jackson. And Nasir Dean can also learn behind him. And that's going to be something I'm going to keep my eye on. I love this draft so far. Zach, I think it's phenomenal. I think you nailed the first two picks here. And then we're going to get to the uh, the third pick coming up here in just a moment. But his explanation for Nasir Dean is he's my draft crush that can play all over the field and he can do it well everywhere. Now, the third pick, at pick number 71, the Broncos are on the clock. Zach has the Broncos selecting Jabril Cox, linebacker out of LSU. I like it because Jabril can play in coverage. He can play against the run. He's got good ball instincts. He's also aggressive. Now, sometimes he plays a little bit too hyper-aggressive and sometimes will overrun the play. But Vic Fangio, Coach Herring, who coaches inside backers, 
they're going to have time to work with a, a player like Cox and transform him to the best fit possible in Fangio's defensive scheme. And we talked to several Broncos players. We talked to Duke Dawson. It's not the easiest defense, I think, for anybody coming in and learning. Really, I think the pass rush, the back end of the secondary, and your linebacker play are the three essential key pieces that you need to have really stout guys. And for the Broncos, developing one of those young backers like Jabril Cox, I think would be great. But then again, I also wonder, what does that mean for a guy like Justin Sternett, who was drafted by John Elway? What does George Payton think of a guy like Justin Sternett? I imagine there might be some similar thought processes because the Vikings, they selected Troy Dye last year uh, as well and an opportune time where I think the Broncos could have selected Dye as well, obviously with his fit in a Vic Fangio defense. He played at college at the University of Oregon. So really interesting to see how the linebacker position will work. What, what would that mean for Josie Jewell? What would that mean for other guys that are on the roster like Josh Watson, who you know is kind of waiting in the wings that is a Vic Fangio guy. But overall, I love the mock drafts that were sent to me on Twitter. There was a lot of great ones. These were the two that I highlighted. Please go to Twitter, at CodyWorkNFL, if you want to check out some of the amazing mock drafts that listeners of the show sent my way using Pro Football Network's Mock Draft Simulator and the Draft Network's Mock Draft Simulator as well. But Broncos Country, coming up here in just a moment, we're going to have the man, the myth, the legend, Rap Sheet. Ian Rappaport's going to join me to talk about the Broncos, coaching, the general manager position, why George Payton was an unbelievable hire for the Broncos and more coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, folks, I got to tell you guys about the other sponsor of today's episode of the show. That's our good friends over there at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar out there. The flavors I've told you before, they are undeniably amazing. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, salted caramel. The list goes on and on with the 18 amazing flavors that they have that come in nut and not nut flavors altogether. The new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious than ever before. And you got to get your taste buds locked on to Built Bar today because the bar they're covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. Once you take a bite into it, you're going to want to eat the whole bar instantaneously if you could do that. But obviously, enjoy it. Slow bites are, are the best way to go. The bars, they're also healthy, folks. I'm on a big-time health kick. I've changed a lot of my lifestyle routines, but I still love chocolate. I still love the smell of peanut butter. I love the smell of brownie. I love double chocolate, salted caramel. And Built Bar allows me to lose or maintain weight while also indulging in a delicious treat because the bars are low-calorie, they're low-sugar, high-protein, and they're high in fiber, folks. you got to get your taste buds wrapped around a box of Built Bar today by going to BuiltBar.com and using promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order by using promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Now joining us here on today's episode, Locked On Broncos, Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. He's an NFL Network insider and you guys can follow him on Twitter at RapSheet. Ian, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to join me for today's no episode of the show. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for having me, man. What's going on? Oh, not too much. You know, the offseason is in full swing, and I tell you what, the, the Denver Broncos are one of the teams that I have a lot of intrigue in right now with what's going on with them. Obviously, a new general manager in George Payton. He takes over for John Elway at GM, and uh, one of the questions I have for you is, what do you believe is the biggest task that George Payton and Denver have to address this offseason? I mean, to me, it's, what are you going to do with the quarterback position? Well, I think two things. It's quarterback and Von Miller. I mean, Von Miller has a team option. Uh, that now they need to figure out and see if they're going to pick it up, if they're going to do a new contract, if they're going to work on things. Like, what are they actually going to do? I know he wants to be back. I know they would want him back. I just think they would like to, you know, figure this out somehow. Um, and in the quarterback position, you know, they were in, obviously, on Stafford. They were in on Goff. I have not gotten the sense that Denver's been in on Carson Wentz at all. Um, now, maybe if Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson – 
you know, gets traded or is available for trade, maybe they'll be in on that, maybe. Um, but I, I think it's more, you know, find a way to get competition for Drew Locke if you're not going to get someone who's markedly better than him. And how do you do that? Um, so that's kind of what I think the focus is for Denver now. Well, and speaking of Drew Locke, obviously he enters his third season in the NFL, you know, facing some questions about his development along the way. Uh, in, in terms of Drew Locke, what is your vibe on Drew based on his previous body of work and his fit within this young offense that Denver has around him? You mentioned potentially bringing in a veteran quarterback. What name out there, if Denver doesn't pursue any of those candidates, if they do become available for trade, makes the most sense to push Drew in training camp? Well, then you're talking, you know, Jacoby Brissett or... Drew Locke, you know, maybe Marcus Mariota, if he becomes free either by trade or, or something else, um, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of what you're looking at that, you know, or, you know, someone like Mitch Trubisky would be another one. Um, You know, if he can't get a starting job, someone to come in, push your starter, make him better. And maybe you find something, you know, maybe you find someone who is kind of the next Ryan Tannehill, which is someone who could come in and resurrect their career and lead your team. Um, but, you know, this is why you hired George Payton um, to be able to come in and and handle what is um, really an extremely, extremely tricky situation. Well, in terms of the roster that George Payton is coming into as well, I was I was making the comparison. I was talking about John Elway's experience as an executive. And then when you factor in George Payton, Payton has the stronger background in terms of the scouting department. He came to the NFL as a scout. Do you believe that gives Denver a little bit more of an advantage with him at general manager in comparison to John Elway? I think the main thing um, about George Payton is that he is ready for this job. He is perfect for this job. Um, you know, he was, he was someone who he was obviously a lieutenant to Rick Spielman in Minnesota. He did all their trades. He was involved in everything they did. Spielman delegates. So he was really, you know, George Payton was really um, kind of ready for, uh, he was involved in everything. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's he's involved in scouting. He's involved in the cap. He's involved in heavily in trades. He's just a full, well-rounded, multifaceted general manager candidate. And um, I thought he was the perfect hire. I thought he would have left for a job a lot earlier. Um, the fact that Denver was able to get him is unbelievable to me. Uh, and I think the future is really bright there. It's definitely exciting to see because, uh, you know, talking to some people with the Vikings, they they imagine that for George Payton to leave the organization, it would have to be the perfect fit for him. And and rightfully so, he believed that would to be uh, the Denver Broncos here. But now I'm going to shift our focus here to the coaching side of things for Denver. Vic Fangio enters his third season as the Broncos head coach. And in both years, he's navigated the Broncos through several key injuries to players, inconsistent quarterback play to help keep the team competitive despite their record. In your opinion, do you think Vic Fangio enters the season on the hot seat for Denver? Um, I would say it's definitely an important year. I mean, you have a general manager who's taking over with a coach he didn't hire. You know, that generally is something that um, has led to some coach movement. Um, But, you know, it's also his third year and he hasn't won. So I would say regardless of who the general manager is, I would say Vic Fangio needs to win. Um, And that's okay because, you know – Three years is a totally fine sample size for a coach to come in and make his mark. Um, And so to me, he needs to win. Um, You always sort of need to win and the pressure is on and that's okay because this is the big leagues. And I think Vic Fangio probably knows that. 
And I know a lot of people right now are looking at the AFC West. You have Patrick Mahomes in that division for the next 10 years. You have Justin Herbert, a rising star. You have Derek Carr who's been playing better football than what we've seen out of him previously. Uh, Do you believe that Denver is in a position where they have to get a franchise quarterback right away? Because we just saw the Tampa Bay Buccaneers utilize defense in the Super Bowl against Patrick Mahomes. Now, granted, the defensive personnel that Tampa Bay had right now in comparison to Denver, it's a lot different, especially when you talk about the inside backer position. Do NFL teams have to really go out and, and try to strike with that franchise quarterback in order to have a chance to to be successful? Or do you feel like building a more balanced team around a quarterback uh, is the better way to go? I mean, you can do it a lot of different ways. I think the most important thing is just to get someone who works for your team. You know, Drew Locke has shown flashes. Could he be the franchise quarterback? I think he could. But would I bet my life on it right now? I would not. You know, so they the most important thing they need to figure out uh, is is he the guy for them? And if he is, then fantastic. Build around him, and there's your future. If he's not, then it's okay too. Good shot, you know, didn't cost a ton. Took him in the second round um, and just move on and find someone better. I mean, you could build your team a lot of different ways. I don't think that's a problem. It's really just figuring out, um, you know, is Drew Locke the guy for you moving forward and if he's not, how do you rebound from that and, and find another quarterback? And it's definitely going to be an important task for George Payton to be able to handle this offseason, his first year as the general manager for Denver. Now I want to shift our focus here to the NFL offseason. The offseason now has officially began. It's gotten off to a crazy start. J.J. Watt and the Houston Texans parting ways there. Obviously, we're going to see a lot of potential cuts happen due to the salary cap issues going on right now. Uh, but the NFL and the NFLPA, they have both said that everything will more than likely be virtual once again this offseason. Do you foresee any potential changes like players being able to go to team facilities to work out at, you know, at a certain period of time after the NFL draft? Or do you think that there's going to be a chance that there's even going to be preseason games this year? Uh, sounds like there are going to be preseason games. I think that's probably going to happen. Now, how many? You know, if, is it going to be four? Probably not. Um, you know, the likelihood is that one of the TV deals gets done, um, you know, it, probably within the next 30 days so they could exercise the option and and make 17 games. If it's 17 games, it's not going to be four preseason games. You know, as far as the offseason, I mean, I think it'll be probably like it was last year, you know, which is um, mostly virtual. And if they're able to do some stuff in May and June, get everyone in the facility, I think that would be good. You know, hopefully by then players are vaccinated and members of the organization are vaccinated and everyone can move forward safely. I think if that is the case, it would be awesome. I hope that is the case because I like football. Um, But we were kind of hold our breath and just see because, you know, last year was, there was a lot of unforeseen things last year and it obviously changed a million different times. Um, You know, I hope, I hope this year is a little more concrete and normal, but you know, we'll see if that's the case. Well, and I certainly appreciate your work, Ian. I mean, even all throughout the offseason last year, you provided us with a lot of insight on NFL Now, the NFL, NFL Network, finding ways to adapt and still provide amazing coverage. Uh, and you're a big part of that. So I want to thank you for taking your time out of your schedule today to join me on today's episode of the show. And folks, just a reminder, Ian Rappaport is an NFL Network insider, and you guys can follow him on Twitter, at Rapshi. Ian, thank you so much for joining me. 
All right, man. Great talking to you. Take care. Thanks for having me. It was really fun talking to Ian about the Broncos, and certainly we're going to have him as a guest here on the show in the future as well. But obviously a lot of news nuggets about the Broncos quarterback thoughts and also George Payton, why it was an unbelievable hire. The Broncos and Von Miller, they have mutual interest in bringing each other back. Or Broncos bringing Von back, Von returning to Denver. You heard that here from Ian Rapport. But Broncos coach, tomorrow's episode of the show will be big. Once again, we've got a Broncos player on tap. Broncos outside linebacker Malik Reed is going to join me to talk about his journey from undrafted to the 53 to contributing in a big-time manner for the Broncos in 2020 and what his goals are for 2021. You can catch that full-on interview on tomorrow's episode, Lockdown Broncos, here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm Cody Rourke, host of Lockdown Broncos. Follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. Follow the show at Lockdown Broncos for more. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show.